This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good afternoon. Bear down, baby. Yes, sir. Bears fans, this is Take the North with your hosts, David Hall. There has been a lot in what promises to be a busy offseason, whether it's speculation over the number one draft pick and Justin Fields being traded or the execution of the closing on the land in Arlington Heights. And Dan Weeder. The 2023 Bears are made for the offseason. They are a dream in terms of content, in terms of debates, in terms of talking points, in terms of developments. We're just getting started. We're going to take the North and never give it back. Welcome in to the Take the North podcast presented by Odyssey. I am Dan Weederer, continuing to feed the beast during the summer months here in July. David Haw is on vacation and won't be with us today. We'll welcome in a special guest here in a minute. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and get our full library of episodes wherever you get your podcasts and you can watch each of our shows on the 670 The Score YouTube page. Uh, without further ado, I'm going to welcome in our David Haw replacement for the day. It is Mark Potash of the Chicago Sun-Times, accomplished veteran scribe, longtime Chicago sports follower. Mark, how are we doing this morning? I am doing great on July 6th, Dan. <laughs> I know you were uh, taken aback when I, when, I, when I gave you the uh, invitation to come join us on the podcast uh, because you felt like maybe we should both be uh, – visiting with our family, doing some summer activities, doing anything but talking football. But yet I got you to bite the hook and I reeled you into the boat. Well, you know, it's funny. uh, In the old days, when I first started covering the Bears in the 90s, uh, July 4th was the end of my vacation. And from July 5th on, I was in total football mode. I'm now 64 years old. And I can honestly say I was on vacation last week. (laughs) A week ago today, I was kayaking on the Colorado River. And and the vacation, we were getting ready. We were a couple days from being home. And I have to admit, it was a weird feeling because I've been kind of jaded over the last few years, but I had that similar feeling of, wow, I'm looking forward to going back to work. 
And that was that's the fun part of our job is that we're on vacation with our families and where a lot of people dread going back to work. We look forward <laughs> to it. Some of us don't want to admit it to our wives or families that we're looking for. But I but I actually was. That's a sign to me that uh, I'm getting hooked in again with the there you go. bears. And, and it's and, and, and it's a it's a weird thing, but it's it's just a, um, it, it's a contagious or an addiction or whatever. But uh, to answer your question, the original thing about, you know, we're here we are in July, uh, July 5th, July 6th. I am I am full bore in on the bears at this point in time again, uh, which is, I think, which feels good. That's good to know. Where did you say you were kayaking? The Colorado River, did you say? Yes. God bless you. No accidents? All, all, all smooth? Everything no, it was, uh, I guess apparently it was somewhere between the Hoover Dam and wherever, so it was very calm. Yeah, don't get too close to the Hoover Dam. That could be dangerous. Yeah, very doable. Um, well, so look, like I always look forward to going back. I just wish it was maybe two weeks later because it always feels like an abrupt end to summer. I will say this, now that we are back in training camp mode at Lake Forest, it doesn't feel so cumbersome because you don't have to ditch your uh, household and your family for four weeks and go stay in Bourbon A for most of four weeks. And now you get the opportunity to just be a little bit closer. So that's good. But it's sneaking up on us. I mean, we're inside of three weeks fr from the report date. And you know what happens when report date hits. It's full steam ahead, really, until February. Uh, and so we're right there. And I thought today would be a good opportunity and a good time to do almost a direction podcast and examine the direction of the bears. And there's only one way, in my opinion, to kind of examine the direction of the bears. And it's to get a pulse on how we feel about the people with the steering wheel in their hands. And in my opinion, there's four guys starts at the top, Kevin Warren, general manager, Ryan Poles, head coach, Matt Eberflus, quarterback, Justin Fields. So I figured we'd pick off one of those uh, one by one. Um, but you mentioned a minute ago that you're getting sucked back into the optimism as we sit here on, on July 6th. Where are you setting your uh, your your tentative win total bar right now? Um, I, uh, it's kind of fairly modest, actually, eight nine. Um, okay, I guess it's modest. I think I, I don't consider the Bears really a three win team. I mean, they were not trying to win, so three wins is a little deceptive. I mean, they're more like a four five six win team to me. And so, uh, and, and with the kind of the long view that that, that they've taken, the way they've handled the off season. Um, I just think it's uh, acceptable, you know, eight, nine, nine, eight. Um, I think that's what's expected. And I think anything less than that would be a disappointment. That's okay. also, you got to point that out too, is that uh, it needs to be a significant step forward. I'm just not saying that they have to be in the playoffs where, you know, if they got like Will Anderson and Orlando Brown and really made, you know, the big moves that, that were more for immediate success, maybe you'd set the bar a little bit higher, but I, I like the long view that, that uh, polls has taken and, and based on that, I'm saying eight, nine, I think with, with, Justin Fields still standing at the end uh, is is would be I think a pretty good season. So I've got uh, them kind of on the seven and ten, six and eleven fence right now. Uh, you obviously would qualify that as a disappointment if they finish there. It's going to be very fascinating, and we all know kind of the the ebbs and flows of injuries and luck and all the things that go with that. But let's go back to January. Let's start with the biggest thing that happened to start this off season, and it was the Bears hiring Kevin Warren to be the replacement for Ted Phillips, who had been uh, overseeing everything really as the president and CEO of the, of the organization for, for more than two decades, uh, a sustained track record of mediocrity when Kevin was hired. And now obviously in the, the five and a half months since what, 
was your reaction and what are your hopes for what a change in direction at the very top uh, could possibly mean for this organization? Well, it's so early now, Dan, that it's hard to really say or quantify exactly what Kevin Warren has done. <clears throat> Although he could pay for himself with the, with the stadium deal if, if he gets <laughs> the thing done. Uh, but, but my, uh, my take on Kevin Warren is uh, to me, I, I've been covering the bears for a long time. Anything that buffers the head coach and the GM from the McCaskies is a good thing. And Ted Phillips in their respect. But Ted Phillips didn't do that. He was, you know, he was part of the family. And I think having a guy like Kevin Warren in between, I think that just helps. I can't explain it exactly. All I'm saying is uh, I just don't, I just feel like somebody who really knows, uh, knows how to play this game, which obviously he already does. He's playing it very well with the stadium. Uh, I think somebody who knows how to play the game and, and, uh, like I said, buffer themselves from the McCaskies, who frankly, you know, just not real good at football. It's uh, running a football team. It's all there is to it. Uh, I think that's a good thing. That's why I think that was a good move. I think it will. I think it will pay dividends down the road, and I think it will affect um, the success of the head coach and the GM because when the McCaskies were in charge, I'm talking about Ted and George. Everybody from Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, every, everybody became the worst version of themselves. <laughs> Matt Nagy is not a bad coach. Uh, I think Ryan Pace is not a bad GM, but he became the worst version of himself because there's just some kind of dysfunction at Hallis Hall that, that kind of pervades from the top. And I think having a buffer in between that now, I think, well, uh, I can't prove it, but I just feel like you know, that, will, that, will, that can't do anything but help. You called it a dysfunction. I've called it a dysfunction in the past. I think it's an attention to detail that is often lacking throughout the entire organization that, is, that has weighed them down for a long time. And Kevin has obviously get, been given the chief responsibility of not only hiring uh, the general managers going forward, but performing their performance reviews, which was always a, a very interesting task for me to watch Ted and George perform these performance reviews kind of just willy-nilly and you never really knew what they were looking at and you never knew how sophisticated the lens was. Kevin's at least been in the league for 30 years. He's worked for the Rams. He's worked for the Lions. He's worked for the Vikings. He's been in different capacities. He's been a player agent. He comes at this from a lot of different angles and I think his oversight of Ryan Poles might be one of the more underrated parts of how he can uh, aid this franchise, you know, and just being a resource for Ryan and not just a, a, a direct report, you know, if that makes sense and, and being able to provide feedback and guidance and, and the things that, that maybe Ryan Pace would have benefited from in very critical moments when they were making very critical decisions. Now I think you have a little bit more stability at that top that that's really going to, going to pay off and it's, it hopefully will show itself. Yeah. I think it just puts a kind of a, for lack of a better way of putting it, a football guy in charge of football at Hell's Hall. And the standard, the number one standard, I think, and I don't know Kevin Warren very well, but I got a feeling the number one standard at Hell's Hall will no longer be he's a nice guy. Yeah, I get right. along with him. I like right. him. We think, a lo- we think the same way. And that, I'm ha- only a quarter joking about that. That's, that oh, was, yeah. that's a bad thing at Hell's Hall. The, the, the way they hired people uh, and the way they hired people who hired people, going back to the Emory situation, um, uh, uh, you know, it just, it, I think, I just, I just think having a different standard, a more professional football standard will help. And when you get into pivotal moments in franchise history, you don't need to go get Bill Polian to come tell you that you don't have enough blue chip players or that you need to get rid of X, Y, and Z, or you need to go this direction to try and hire a coach. So hopefully that will be a, a step in the right direction. When it comes to the stadium, you're an Arlington Heights resident, correct? I am. Okay. So th- does this have 
intrigue to you as a resident uh, as much as it has intrigue to you as a, as a, obviously a beat reporter for the team? Yes, it absolutely does. Because when I appealed my property taxes, <laughs> they told me what it was and I couldn't say try again, which apparently was what Kevin Ward is telling them. So well, uh, you, I, you, I, your, your house is, is only valued at like 157 million and it's not the hundred yeah, right. million. Yeah, you, yeah, you, got, you, yeah, you know me. You know me, but, uh, but yeah, I'm just kind of kidding about that. But, um, but it's just, yeah. So it is, it is interesting being in there. Cause I, I, you know, all I know is my wife says she doesn't want her taxes to go up. And, and with these, 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 um, these stadium deals are interesting because you never know if it's a benefit. This is not like when they ran the interstate in the fifties and sixties, the interstate going through your town was boom or bust. If it went through your town, it was great. If it didn't, it did not. Nobody, re- I don't think anyone's really said it, really knows if a stadium is the is the lure the uh, for a community that that they if you look back it doesn't seem like it's an automatic thing so that in, in itself is is not is not automatic um so uh so we'll see what happens i will say this i i think uh anticipating uh, the next question or another question is like i don't think the bear i don't think this is an all-out bluff by the bears to look elsewhere um i i think i think if it comes i think if 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 uh Cook County or the, the assessor, whoever the, the, the authorities are in charge, uh, Arlington Heights. Um, I think if they really stuck to their guns and tried to stick it to the Bears, I think the Bears would look elsewhere and it would be great if it was Chicago. But I do think, on the other hand, they are very, very close to pot committed on this for two right. reasons. One, they own the property. So they've got to pay the tax anyway. They had they could sell it, but that would be a, a pain. And the other thing is Arlington Heights just logistically is the I, I, I'm I I I kind of confident in saying this this is the best deal they're going to get uh, logistically as far as what they want to build where they want to build it this naperville uh hammond wherever in indiana rockford anywhere else is not going to compare so they've got two reasons to get this deal done and i think it will get i think it will get done i'm kind of in the back of my mind hoping uh, against hope that chicago could come up with something because i'd love to see the bears just do a stadium just do a stadium why you know Arlington Heights, right? Like the size of that property is just so intriguing for what you could potentially do and, and, and the fantasy world that you could create out there. So it, it feels like um, it's just a no brainer. You want, you own it, you know what your vision is there. Yeah. And, and now it's a, a, about getting some tax certainty and some financial clarity on a number of things. And then, and then trying to march forward there, which hopefully that's why Kevin Warren was brought in. Um, one of the questions I always had, it was funny when, you know, I was uh, in Minnesota covering the Vikings at the time when a lot of this uh, stadium stuff was in the infancy stages. And you'd have these rallies down at the state Capitol trying to keep the Vikings in Minneapolis instead of out, you know, in other parts of Minnesota. And there would be players going down to these rallies at the state Capitol to speak. And the question was always, well, is Christian Potter really going to be there when U S bank stadium opens as it turns out he wasn't right. So this, this is my segue into saying, Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus, as the leaders of this football team, will they still be in their positions when the stadium opens? And if so, what is it that we are subscribing to? What is it we're believing in? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. 
Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseballs and boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseballs and boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's start with Ryan Poles. A um, little bit more than a year and a half now, right? That, that we've gotten to know Ryan. We've got, gotten to see him do his job. Where are you right now in terms of uh, how you feel he's doing and, and what's next in uh, obviously the, the process of building a team that can sustain success? Well, Dan, I think Ryan Poles is an upgrade from Ryan Pace just by the way he approaches the job. He, 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 he does not. He does not play the spy versus spy game. He's not totally clandestine. He he plays, you know, he plays the national media. He uh, you know, he 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 plays the game. I guess I can't think of a better way to put it, but he he plays the game. Um when he when he has something that is golden, like the number one pick, he says it, he knows it, he's not afraid to uh bargain even uh, somewhat publicly and publicly acknowledge, you know, what he has. And I just think in general, that's a good way of doing things. I think this whole the whole secrecy thing in general in the NFL is detrimental. And I think they outsmart themselves. The Bears certainly did with Trubisky. And uh and, and so I think it, just in that respect, I just think I think he's a guy now we don't know a lot about him. He's a young guy who's doing this for the first time. I just feel like from my from what I've seen so far, I see him growing into this job and kind of spreading his wings. And I would say, like, you know, when Kevin Warren replaces Roger Goodell as the commissioner <laughs> of the NFL, I think I think uh, Ryan Poles will be the leading candidate to replace Kevin Warren as president of the. Bears. Oh, you've, you you've got him climbing up, upward, upward. I, I, I think I think he has that. I'm saying I think he has that potential. potential. Now, I mean, that, that, I'm just saying this. I will say this many times. That that's what this year is all about. This is a critical year that will determine a lot about everybody we're going to talk about, including Ryan Pohl. So I can't. So we don't know. But uh, right now, the way he is just the way he has done things, uh, the long view. I like that. Um, and just, patience, too. You know, he's, he's, he's at a patient level. He hasn't been sucked right. in by the outside world's impatience to try to get this thing going. He understands that the Bears right. past is not his fault <laughs> and that right. he doesn't have to accelerate his timeline because people before him made catastrophic mistakes. Well, he, he's not just saying we want to build sustained success. Everybody wants to do that. But when you say that and then you start trading draft picks like crazy, like Ryan Pace did, you're not really trying to build for sustained success. But he's do he says it and he's doing it. I don't even know if he said it, but he's doing it right. by just the way he handled the number one pick and why by by the way he's just handled in general. Uh, everything is towards uh, sustaining success and not to get too far ahead of it. But I would say that's my one thing I would say about both Eberflus and Poles is I don't know right now if they're any better than Pace and Nagy, right. but I do think they will handle success better. And I think that's the huge key. The bears have not had three winning seasons in a row since like 1987, 88 or what we're all talking about in the big picture is not just a, a playoff season or a one or two year run. 
the Bears deserve Bears fans deserve to have a nice run of sustained success where they have a chance they can think of themselves, think good about themselves and about their team for a long time. And I think this right now, these two guys with these two guys, they are better equipped. They have to get there, and we don't know if they will. But if they do get there, I have more confidence that they will sustain it. Even just a half decade's worth of sustained success, right? That's not too much yeah. to ask for. It's not too much to ask for. I'm going on season 11 now, have not covered a playoff victory yet in my time in Chicago. So it tells you where they've been. I love the stat you gave. I use that all the time. The three consecutive winning seasons since 1988. A lot has happened in the world. A lot has happened in the franchise since then. A question here that we've talked about in the media room, we've talked about offline. Bring it here to the public here. The, 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 the hall of the tank. Right. The Bears lost 14 games last year and a big chunk of this fan base uh, wanted to throw a parade and, and, and take the floats down Michigan Avenue as fast as they possibly could. As we zoom out now in July of 2023, what was the ultimate haul of the tank, in your opinion? And, and, and where do they go from here trying to build on what was celebrated as calculated failure in 2022? Well, I was pro tank. I mean, um, uh, so I mean, I, I think the best. I, I thought so you were was, shouting at your take the north episodes late last season when David and I were. Uh, well, I don't want to say what I was shouting, but but <laughs> maybe I was, maybe I wasn't. Uh, but but no, I, I thought um, it was interesting uh, when you talk about the hall. If you talk about the literal hall, that you know, yes. they, you know, obviously, you know, they you know they 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 got uh, they they. They dropped an eight, what, eight spots in the draft and picked up a pick for next year, a, a, a second-round pick. Uh, uh, was it Tyreek Stevenson, uh, I guess? Uh, DJ Moore? Uh, uh, they, uh, they set themselves up, uh, I think, longer. What's interesting about that, I think, in the whole offseason, when you talk about the Bears came in, and I hope we're not getting too far off track with this, but they came in with this great draft capital and this number one pick. and. Yeah. Name recognition-wise, they didn't get all, as much out of it as you, you would have. They didn't get uh, 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 um, Will Will Anderson. You know what I'm saying? They didn't get the it's, big it's, name. It's DJ Moore and Darnell Wright, right? Yeah, I mean, that, that's yeah, it. DJ Moore, to us, he's like a revelation because we never seen a receiver like that in Green Bay. He would be like, you know, be like a this a downgrade. You know what I'm saying? So, and I'm not saying he's he's a good player, and I think he will be good. But I'm just saying, it, by the impression, he really yeah. didn't make as much hay. He didn't get Orlando Brown. Uh, I didn't get who was it Hargraves the defensive who's the top defensive he didn't get the top players and and so but I still think he still set himself up well so I think the hall was worth it and and I and and I think and I think that will be an interesting question if I don't think I don't know if polls will answer it uh honestly but you know he was very chagrined they were kind of embarrassed <laughs> about having that number one picket when we talked to him after right after the season and based on what he's got that hall he got DJ Moore the number one pick for next year I think at number two in 2025, um, you know, it, which, which helped the bears better. Would it have been better if the bears, and I could ask you this, would it have been better for the bears to win those four games and know that they had either a quarterback or a team that could finish or, and have the number 13 pick, which, which is what they would have had at seven and 10, or is it better to have what they have? I would argue right now that they're better off finishing three and 14 and getting the haul they did, because I think DJ Moore will teach you how to win just by being open. When in that Minnesota, in the Miami game, when you, instead of throwing to Equinemia St. Brown and uh, who drops that pass, it's going to be DJ Moore, who's going to be either wide open or Darnell Mooney is going to be wide open because DJ Moore is on the field. The, then you're going to win that game. 
game, okay? Though that's why that's why players teach you how to win. I don't have a definitive answer to your question, and that's kind of been my point all along: is that the idea that the only way to a brighter future was to hit rock bottom and get the number one pick, and then turn it into a bunch of picks, basically. DJ Moore, the one established player, and then a bunch of picks, which are just lottery tickets that you hope you can go cash in at some point. Had you won four more games, but you had identified that. Travis Gibson or Dominique Robinson were going to be your long-term difference-making edge rusher. You identified that Chase Claypool could be your number one receiver, and then you didn't have to go trade that number one pick for DJ Moore because you already traded a number one pick for Chase Claypool, right? And and and, and so um, you could have won three or four more games with players that you already had in-house establishing themselves as difference-making building blocks for the future, most notably Justin Fields which I think the consensus now, particularly around the league, I'm not going to talk about Chicago, around the league, is that we don't know. Heading into the 2023 season, it's it's widely seen as a make-or-break season for who Justin can be. Is he a top-tier, top-eight, top-flight, difference-making, second-contract quarterback, or is he a guy where you're going, man, we're going to do what we did with Jay Cutler, and we're going to cross our fingers every year that this year's the breakthrough, and we're going to sit going through this mediocrity over and over again. So it's, it's a fascinating situation. You know, it's a choose-your-own-adventure that we're only going to be able to see the pages that the Bears actually chose, right, which is, you know, finish with 14 losses, go down this path, get this capital and see what it turns into. Um, I'll switch gears on you here just because we, we want to check these boxes with Matt Eberflus going into 2023. He comes off a year, which finished with 14 losses in his only year as Bears coach finished with a franchise record, 10 game losing streak. The hits principle didn't, make their pass rushers sack the quarterback more. Their takeaway totals were fine. They weren't outstanding. Where are you in the things that you need Matt Eberflus to show you in his second season as coach to believe that that he is, you know, star potential or at least um, championship-fueling contributor to, to this organization? Only everything. Like you said, he has – I mean, Matt, nice guy. He hasn't shown anything yet. Who overachieved on that defense? That's his big thing is getting guys over. Who overachieved on that defense? Like you said, the hits right. principle, we really didn't see it for, for his takeaways. But, again, I, I go back to what I always say. That's what this year is all about. Now it's the second year. Now they know what they need. Now it's a little bit – I think uh, it's a little bit easier, I think, for them to kind of pinpoint – who will work and who will not now that they know exactly what they've got. And that's what this year is all about because Demarcus Walker kind of uninspiring <laughs> uh, edge rusher, right? For your, for your, for a team that needs an edge rusher is bad. Well, you know, let's, let's see just how, let's see how, how good their intuition about players are and how they fit in their scheme. This, they're so, I joke about scheme, scheme fit and them being so scheme-specific, but now they have all this knowledge on offense and defense. This is the year where all the players, not all, but many of them have to fit, and it's all about coaching, development, and and and, and Eberflus doing what he's supposed to do. So, um, And you better, you better get some production out of Tremaine Edmonds, right? If you're going to go make that your headline free agent signing in the 2023 offseason, it can't just be because he's long and disrupts passing lanes. There better be – Big plays every single week, really, that tell you that right. that contract that, that that they invested in him is paying dividends and giving you a guy. Obviously, he's very young uh, for how long he's been in the league. Is it, this is a guy that you know through the end of the decade you can build with and win because of. And that's that goes to the point of kind of intuition about players and fit and all that stuff because they basically traded Roquan Smith, a smaller, less a physically imposing player, but a hell of a football player who's gotten the job done. Basically they traded him 
for uh, for Tremaine Edmonds and I guess Javon Dexter and I think it's Noah Sewell basically. Um, so we'll we'll see. They are in love with the, that whole what is that athletic score thing? I can't. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Athletic score. They are in love with that. To me, that's like old school size and speed. It scares and, me. And you know, like I say, I've said this before. That's uh, you know, in the past, teams would be would would just be totally focused on that size and speed and 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 the, and the guys who look great and then end up with a bunch of players who you know look like Tarzan play like Jane and 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 that's how you end up having disappointing teams and that's happened to the Bears in the past so but on the other hand it's a different era and 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 maybe and maybe they're not as solely uh, obsessively focused on that maybe that's just part of it but I'm saying that is what they like it's a good point about they love they love and, and they other even other players have pointed out how they love the length, the size of Edmonds versus Roquan. Yeah. And so we'll see. Roquan's a pretty good player. He, he earned it. He earned the money. He got, you know, somebody else paid him. So somebody else thought so. So it'll be, that'll be, I think that'll be a good test case of just how good these guys are at finding the right guy. Cause maybe Roquan wasn't the best player for their, for their defense. So he wanted to run it. Okay. That's fine. But Edmonds has to prove that they're right. This, this is the class. You just said the two words that I would stamp on, on the front cover of the 2023 bear season. And it's, we'll see. You know, I feel like this is an entire year yeah. of we'll see across yeah. the board and no one more so than the fulcrum of this whole thing. The guy who's going to make it go up or go down and it's Justin Fields. And so as we kind of wrap up here, we know what Justin Fields 2022 season was. We know what that sizzle was. We know the intoxication it gave Chicago Bears fans to know that, my God, we have a, a human highlight reel in our huddle on any given play that can break a game open. Now we need to see what he can be as an NFL quarterback and as an NFL passer. As you walk into 2023, you're going to have, you know, six months now from from today through the end of the regular season to judge Justin. What are you judging him on? I just want to see him be a quarterback. I know it's a real simple thing, but that's the one thing we haven't really seen. Can he will a team to victory? Can he make players better? Can he force a guy to not drop that pass in 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 the uh, in the clutch moment? Uh, we just haven't seen him play quarterback, be a quarterback, and part of that is because of the supporting cast. I think that situation has been solved. I think this may not be the best supporting cast in the in the NFL, but it's far from the worst, and it's good, good enough. enough for for a guy yeah. like Justin Fields to prove that he can. Be accurate, be accurate deep and all that stuff. But really, I just want to see him be a quarterback and be the leader they say is. We've heard that so many times about what a great leader quarterbacks are. Even Mike Glennon was supposed to be that, remember? <laughs> and, and it just never – and it doesn't come to fruition. Players don't follow. We want to – I need to see players follow what uh, what, what Justin Fields well, – where he's leading them to. You know, I always say that this this type A mentality and this leadership gene, is it's a prerequisite for high-level success. It's not a guarantee of it. There's a lot more boxes that need to be checked for you to get there. And so like, I have zero questions about, about Justin's, you know, competitive DNA, the way he works, the way he connects with teammates. My questions are, can he stand in the pocket with a rush coming around him and process fast enough to get the ball where it needs to go when it needs to be there with the precision that it needs to get there with, you know, and that, and so, right. Like that, 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 that's going to be the eye test. That's what, yeah. that's, what, that's what I mean. It sounds simple. I'm not trying to, to not answer it, but just play quarterback. And, and that is it. Uh, I think, I think the, um, 
I think what, from what we saw in OTAs is that that quick release is getting rid of the ball. I think that's going to be one thing. If you're really a film watcher, you're going to be looking at, can he get, will he get rid of the ball? We don't know just how much better the pass protection will be. I think it will be better. It can't be worse, but, uh, but will he still be able to make that split second decision and find the right guy and know when to make his progression to the next guy and the next guy after that, it always seems to work backwards. They went the way they explain it. Well, he wasn't open. It just, it just, it just never seems to work out. And that's what he's got to show this year that, he can actually play quarterback and this offense can be a regular NFL offense. Yeah. And to clean up some of the sloppiness, you know, half dozen times last year, you have one of those catch the snap, throw the ball plays that were incomplete somehow, you know, it's just, yeah. just the, 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 the quick ones. Out. And why is that ball sailing two feet behind the receiver? What, what's going on wrong here, either with footwork or timing or whatever else. So you just need to clean up the sloppiness. And then to your point as important as anything, when you're in a game, in the last five minutes of the game, you either have a, a short lead or you're coming from behind by a small amount of win. You know, be the reason you win the game. Winning time is winning time in the NFL. There's a reason Patrick Mahomes is the league's biggest star right now because when the Chiefs get the ball and they're down in the final four minutes, you basically just assume that you're, you're buckling into your couch to watch a game-winning drive. You know, this and is, at some yeah. point, you know, Ryan Poles keeps talking about it, building a championship mindset. That's part of it. It's believing when you get in that huddle that right. not like, oh, I, I really hope we get a few plays here to win this game. It's like, we're in the huddle. Let's go do it. You know, and you need to show that a handful of times for that that hurdle to be cleared. Absolutely, Dan. This is a transition. The uh, uh, Fields is in a transition right now uh, with regard to the supporting cast. They have given him a supporting cast that can give him an opportunity to be better. Now, as this year progresses, he has to be the guy who makes everyone else better. That's what a quarterback does. So now they've done the, they've done their part by giving him players. I think that he can win with. Now it's up to him to make players better to will. To command, you have that command to command focus in, in, in clutch moments and make them better. That's what the great quarterbacks do. That's why Justin Fields is here. And that's what he's got to show uh, in, in 2023. Well, this will be fun. Uh, as you said, it's closing in quickly. We report to training camp in less than three weeks. Two weeks beyond that, we get to go to Indianapolis for some crossover practices with the Colts, which will be kind of the old school version of training camp. On the road, all the writers getting a chance to hang out. Uh, night practices, which will be fun, apparently at a beautiful complex in Westfield, Indiana. So it's right around the corner here. And uh, obviously appreciate you taking some time out of your summer here, back from Colorado to, uh, to join us. And uh, away we go. You know, this will be fun. Thanks, Dan. I'm, I'm glad, honestly, sincerely glad to say I am. I'm glad I'm looking forward to it. I just hope I don't regret it like I normally do in January. <laughs> You'll never regret it. It's always fun, and we can't wait to get it started. That's Mark Potash. He is now one of us on the Take the North podcast. I'm sure he will be back with us before too long. I'm Dan Weeder again. Remember to like, subscribe, uh, do all the things that help promote our podcast, and we will have a new episode for you again next week. For Mark Potash, Adam Stadzinski, our producer, I'm Dan Weeder. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.